Why are people so unprincipled and depraved in Ireland? Why are they reprobate? It's because they behave like irrational animals. They're like some kind of a, a computer program of errors and false conditioning. And that's what it is. It's the false conditioning from birth to death in darkness and the deceit, the whole world lying in the deceit of Satan and the fallen angels and their remake, their world, their kingdoms of darkness, their fame and fortune game of carnality. And Second Peter says they're like instinctive creatures, what I call crotch culture crotch chiefs and clans, crotch clans, not Scots clans, crotch clans is what they are in Ireland. Scotta of Egypt and her gade heel, son of Nimehead, the Magogs, Neul, were they always genteels in the sense of being pagan, heathen, barbarians rather than Christians, true Christians? If they were true Christians, they wouldn't be unprincipled, depraved persons. They would know the will of God and they would be reading the word of God and they would be spiritually educated and know the value of prudence and restraint and control and regulation of their own minds and thoughts and they would know a false belief from a true belief and they would know a sin from a sin and a spade from a spade and they would know themselves in the spirit. But if they're kept in darkness and ignorance by those who oppress the truth, well then how can they know anything? They really are just seeds tossed about in a whirlwind or seeds thrown to the ground by a sower only to be entangled in weeds and thorns or never to grow in the spirit and fall to the wayside or only to grow on shallow ground. Well, we can always take a plant out of shallow ground and transplant it into rich, fertile ground, can't we? Isn't this the power of repentance and regeneration and spiritual invigoration and refreshment and healing and restoration? Take those wheat, take that wheat thrown to the, to the shallow ground and transplant it into fertile ground. Is that not the calling out of God with his grace and unconditional love and mercy pouring out on the world and on unto all of mankind today in the last church age of Laodicea like never before, pulling people out of Babylon, pulling them out of the spirit of delusion and the people crying out, desperate and destitute and poor, and not even knowing that they're 
and captivated by demons and controlled by a whore. And yet, you know, that's what the dark, lawless sons and daughters do. Traffic human souls, it's what the Gentiles do. Sacrifice their children unto demons in the worship of fallen angels and allow the people to be possessed and controlled by the occult and the cults and the false religions and all the priests and politicians and judges and doctors all haven't got a clue either. Even the richest men of the world haven't got a clue. They believe only in themselves. So isn't that what a reprobate is, Father in Heaven? A man who sins, or a woman who sins, to the point where their hearts and minds and spirits and will are only concerned with corruption and wickedness and evil and perverse doings against their own nature and against even the nature of the earth and against God, contra, contra in every way against, like Satan, the great adversary, they're adverse even to themselves. No wonder they're afflicted by demons if they're only living in sin, and sin's okay nowadays, and everything is compromised, and everything is to be tolerated, and anyone who doesn't is deemed to be evil, and the evil deemed to be good by the devious, crafty, cunning men who are severed from any relationship to God and their only relationship is a perverse relationship to Satan, the demons and the fallen angels. And that is their unholy alliance. The Irish Magogs, the Gomers of Ireland, the Anglo-Normans and Anglo-Saxons from the line of Japheth, son of Noah. They've all gone astray. They're all blind, and it's the blind leading the blind into a ditch. And very few putting their hand on the plough with Jesus and pushing forward and trying to overcome and forbear with patience and the utmost of stealth, almost like a ninja or a soldier or a warrior, being assailed left, right and centre by those who, those Nephilim in their insubordination who seem to think that they have license even to attack those who are not sinning. That's how much they're even defying the decree of the Lord of Spirits, the Father, upon their existence as Nephilim, unclean, evil, demonic spirits on the earth. The truth is with sin and the curse of sin nature upon us is we are all fore, foreordained to damnation by God. 
But that is the test upon us, is to put the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together regardless of the men and women on the earth who carry out lawlessness and do their best to keep us all beaten down like yellow-backed cowards and persons of no integrity, disintegrated and disillusioned, you know, lost in self-reward and self-pity and addiction and everything else that is the world, for the world is in darkness and darkness is ignorance and deception and how they all now rationalize in their, you know, false science and false art and false ideas and justify themselves in all their self-seduction and self-conceit and don't really care because they're not honest or sincere to themselves or truly compassionate to themselves so they can't give anything to anyone else and neither can they receive the light or the truth because they're not of it themselves in their spirit and the ones who've ran off with the fallen spiritual enlightenment of the false religions are just as dark as the pagan nihilistic atheists who don't give a shit where their soul goes when they die in Ireland. You know, and the only time they're probably delivered is when they uh, go into the grave and down to the realm of the dead and wait there until Judgment Day with the rest of the billions of spirits that ever walked the earth. I mean, if we're rejected as worthless and not standing the test, you know, and seen by God as a reprobate, we've no one really to blame but ourselves because we chose in our free will to be unworthy and worthless and not even trying to live a repentant life or to overcome the tests put upon our spirits. The test is upon your spirit. It isn't really upon your mind or your heart. But if your mind and heart are not in the right place, you can be sure that your spirit is first and foremost disordered if you're mentally disordered or you're in some way disordered of imagination. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as Jesus says, it's what comes out of your mouth that will harm you, not what you put into your body. And, you know, are you really doing something with your lives that is, from the perspective of God, a right thing to do? Put it in kind of common parlance and simple kind of idiomatic expression of language. Are you really doing what is right? Are you, are you really honest and sincere and in earnest and living a repentant life? not enough to say we the people of Ireland in humble acknowledgement of Jesus Christ. There's more to being a Christian than that. We are saved by faith alone in the name of Jesus Christ. And many call upon the name of Jesus Christ daily and, you know, without knowing it in their sort of folk, idiomatic ways of speaking are always saying thank Jesus and you know oh gee you know even G comes from Jesus or G 
jeepers or the jazzes, as the Irish would say, as an exclamation of shock and horror. But, you know, most people, I reckon, are living a moderate, temperate, controlled and contained life and are very much aware of the demons of the prince of the power of the air, you know, trying to give them a hard time, you know, don't listen to the psychologists and psychiatrists because they also spirit away uh, the spiritual realm and the human spirit and soul and are rather egotistic in their false pride in doing so and rather, I suppose, erroneous and ignorant where most people are quite ignorant. Ignorant because they don't do what Jesus has asked of them, to love your fellow man and to love God with all your heart, mind, and will, and spirit. You know, you're not giving to anyone if you're not giving it first to yourself. That is, first and foremost, self-honesty. You're always going to be a sham and a phony and a fake if you're not being self-honest. But your self-honesty, your self-honesty should be in the context of who you are spiritually, a man and woman on the earth with a curse in nature, you know, being tested worthy of returning back to God in the second earth and second heaven when he shall reveal himself and all evil and wickedness and perversity and things wrong and bad will be no more in the new Jerusalem. But I think one of the great errors is self-righteousness where we, in the context of what we know of God, step out of line and condemn and judge and shout out that people are unacceptable and evil when we make the error to presume that they're even aware of what they're doing, which probably in most cases they haven't got a clue that what they're doing is even evil or troublemaking or upsetting others or harming others because, well, they're rather irrational. This is what a reprobate is, someone who doesn't understand or comprehend. A simple, a fool, person unwise and they just sort of lash out but it isn't really the human spirit that's lashing out in Ireland it's pretty much the Nephilim who control and possess the human spirit without the human spirit even knowing it when that happens your test is to simply ignore them I suppose is the easiest way to overcome them but the reprobates are not like criminals and sinners and poor people and tax collectors and so forth. They are the richest of the world and they are the people who sit in political seats of power and people who sit in, you know, churches that espouse to be representative of God but, you know, are well-renowned throughout history for, you know, their own abuse and lying and deceit of 
you know, authority, not really true authority or not really doing the will of God and doing what is right and all, you know, true righteousness and true faith. You know, they just play. It's like Second Timothy saying, you know, men who appear to be of God but nothing of God there within. And as well when those who say to Jesus, but Lord, we casted out demons in your name and we did this and we did that. And Jesus says, go away from me. I knew you're not. So really the, the royal love of Jesus is an unconditional love. And some of the New Age theosophical and even the fallen spiritual religions like Buddhism and so forth ironically seem to be more in knowledge and wisdom about unconditional love than the Roman, Protestant and Presbyterian churches of the Gentiles and all the other sort of subsidiary twigs and leaves and branches on that. What really is now in 2021 a rather, you know, dead Babylonian haggard whore of a prostitute full of abominations herself for she seems to drink from her own golden cup of abominations too. And of course, as she afflicts with her demons and keeping everyone in the dark, because she's pretty much like the Pharisees of old. And Babylon is also those of the rabbinic Jewish tradition who, although they are the elect of God, um, also are falling away in apostasy. So it's pretty much all the nations are falling away from the one true God and all the more seduced and deceived by, you know, the trickery of wizardry and sorcery and witchcraft and, you know, the way of the fallen angels and Satan and the demons. And, you know, you're never going to overcome them if you don't know their strategies anyway to begin with. Uh, and you'll only know them if you are walking in the Spirit with the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and trying to worship God for every little thing you have, whether it's the cup of coffee or tea in the morning or the bowl of porridge, and give thanks always and praise to God for, as the 24 elders say, holy, holy, holy Lord, you know, only worthy of all power, glory, and honor. And so it's true, obviously, without saying that the absolute, you know, supreme, most high God who is in control of everything and, you know, in control even of his own ordinations and sanctions upon mankind and gave us the 66 books of the holy, you know, word of God to understand God's intentions and will and his plan of redemption and his prophecies which always come true 100% accurately 
unlike those of false prophets and false messiahs and you know those who manipulate the word of god only for their own self-interests and to make money ultimately that's what they do you know to uh, gain advantage and uh, knowingly so and profanely so and quite content to profane, profane the holy word of god and god knows what every man woman and child has ever done since adam and eve anyway and every thing is recorded thoughts hearts desires actions and deeds of will are recorded by raphael in heaven everybody has a book and if they go too far in sin they might be blotted out of the book of life on judgment day and their immortality will not be to see the face of God revealed in the second earth and second heaven and second new middle earth Jerusalem, but may very well be down to the realm of the dead when they die to the area assigned to evil spirits. And after that, on the great judgment day of the Son, the elect one, Jesus, upon all, well, they may find themselves on the left-hand side with the goats, and no partiality or excuse will be accepted then, especially if you knew the truth and, you know, the second is worse than the first and you'd be better off not knowing. And you have to understand as well, within the naivete and simpleness and foolishness of those who are rather you know, covetous and cowardly, that they believe they're protecting what they would deem to be innocent souls by keeping them in ignorance. So you cannot be naive or insincere or immature. You have to understand that, you know, uh, human nature is human nature and the condition of most human cultures on the earth is that of a reconditioning or a false conditioning of um, lies and false beliefs and everything else that is contrary to human nature and contrary and adverse to the actual earth and to God ultimately it is you can turn around and say that that church of people are the biggest legitimated you know, criminal gang in Ireland or wherever else, but at the end of the day, you know, they're not overcoming the test and therefore they're given over to Satan, the fallen angels and the demons anyway by God to be further tested and proved. And perhaps, you know, until you go into the grave, you're always going to be tested as to whether you're worthy or not. But a lot of people just rest on the laurels of the fact that the law doesn't apply and we're all forgiven by faith and Jesus Christ alone as being the Son of God. But, you know, even sin is relative. Robbing a packet of biscuits is not the same as killing 20,000 people, you know, and 
you know, what's the, de the demonic, you know, punishment for that, you know, outside of the, you know, the profane, secular, legal system of mankind. Well, from a spiritual point of view, only God knows, you know, for only God would assign more demons to somebody and as Jesus says as well, when you do clean out the house and stop sinning, make sure you don't go back to sinning because those demons will come back with even stronger ones and you'll be in a situation worse than the first time round if you do go looking for a life without sin. And that's rather difficult in the world. So if you do go looking for it, then, you know, you're going to have a really hard time of it because not many people hold out for very long, especially the unsteady souls of the poor who don't really have any kind of physical security on the earth and they're literally just trying to bank up some gold, you know, and some reward and some return from doing right on the earth. Those kind of people are not really morally corrupt, but they will compromise and bend the rules and give way to being dishonest and lying and deceitful and maybe rationalize them as little white lies along the way. But can they be blamed when they just live in a, in a world that is controlled by the fallen angels, Satan and the demons? But they're only in control because of your own sin and your own choices of free will to do wrong rather than to do right and then you're tested and punished all the more but you do continually get the opportunity to do what is right by God so if a reprobate is an unprincipled person that means they don't live by laws and if it's a depraved person, well, then depraved simply means um, corruption and evil. And so, therefore, what is corruption and evil? Well, as God says, all on the first earth and in the first heaven, mostly mid-heaven, where the, the wicked high places of the fallen angels, where they dwell, is corrupted, corrupting and corruptible. And hence, that's why it will be destroyed, because, you know, purity cannot reveal its face, no matter how much the fallen angels and Satan and the demons uh, try to provoke even God to anger in their madness of um, resentment for, you know, the human beings who sin and are abominated by Nephilim pretty much are automatons and robots just empty dead clay pots uh, pretty much all that's been expressed through them is the impulse and compulse of the will of the demons where the demons are the ones who are full of murder and violence and resentment uh, because they believe that uh, you know, man is not fair and God is not fair and they've been wrongly judged by God because they didn't ask to be born kind of mentality and uh, 
you know, you must remember before the flood, the, the feeling, the fighting with the, the Phil and the Phil were fighting with the Mafal and the Mafal were fighting with the humans and everything was gone amok and corrupted and super depraved and evil, just like it will be in these last days before Jesus returns, which is no more than 70 years from now. Well, corruption is dishonest and illegal behavior, so to view them from a secular, profane perspective of man's ways, that is pretty much governed by legal system. To view it from the perspective of a religious institution, it may be governed by theological or canon law or whatever, man's religious interpretation. But ultimately, that is seen from the perspective of God as first and foremost doing what is wrong by God's will and carrying on in a manner that is not legalized or ordained or sanctioned by God. And that is everything from you know, um, engaging in sexual intercourse outside of marriage and bringing children into the world outside of the, you know, holy, you know, orders and sanctions of marriage and all the other principles that are given to mankind in the 66 books of the Holy Bible in which mankind is supposed to behave. And so a lot of people in their disillusionment run off with other um, fallen angel religions looking for wisdom and, you know, regulation of themselves and how to behave when everything they need to know in terms of how to behave right is provided by God in the 66 books of the Holy Bible. And not only how to live right, but how to avoid and circumvent and disassociate and have no union or alliance or relationship to those who are living in sin and doing wrong. And how difficult that is where I live in Ireland. Quite difficult indeed. Now, corruption also means inducement to wrong by improper means. And what I find living in Ireland is that everybody is more or less encouraged or like relentlessly, compulsively induced to do wrong and to engage in um, subterfuge and subversion and perversion and simply to become morally corrupt and disintegrated and to lie and to be dishonest because the people are only ever the priests and the judges are only ever the priests and the politicians are only ever the judges and so forth and so on down through the hierarchy of society for this is the structure of society for it is the, dis the structure of society 
from Adam and Eve. It has always been that way. That is the hierarchy. So if the government is corrupt, expect the people to be corrupt because the government will expect the people to do as they do. And corruption is a departure from what is pure and correct. So this, you could say, the falling away, the apostasy of the church in the last church age of Laodicea that we're in, governed by the spirit of self-deception, that that deceit, believing in one's own lies and rationalizing and justifying one's own sin, is moving away, departing, turning your back on what is right by God's will on the earth, refusing to comply and do the will of God. And then that would obviously... Uh, you know, uh, permeate even the profane and secular aspects of people's lives. You know, the people who masquerade as true Christians but are just counterfeit and prostitutes of destitution and Babylonian whores full of demons and pretty much the genteel status quo of Ireland and very much so all the rest of the genteel nations and and those as well that are non-theosophical like you know um, in particular very much so the Chinese who you know don't believe in their fallen angel false religions of Taoism and Taoism and Confucianism and all those other expressions of Eastern mysticism uh, you know don't have a Theo literally very much don't believe in the one true God and keep remembering that everybody before the flood believed in the one true God and you can be sure that the Nephilim when they were alive knew who God was and you can be sure that now the Nephilim on the earth as dark clouds and unclean evil spirits very much know who the Lord of Spirits is and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is and who the angels and hosts and patriarchs and elders and saints of heaven are. In fact, the demons would have a closer relationship to God and so would Satan and the fallen angels than mankind on the earth in 2021, which, you know as a statement, appears to be probably the most super of all supra-ironies on the earth in 2021, <laughs> that, you know, the supernatural, you know, even the great adversary seems to know more about God than mankind does or wants to know, or refuses to know, and refuses to believe. But the test is to challenge what is morally virtuous as well, and God allows that in your volition. And so the other aspect of corruption is perversion. Perversion simply means... Um, 
taking what is good and making it bad or influencing. And so the fallen angels and the Nephilim and Satan are always trying to bear that cosmos, kratos, skatos, that kind of Ephesians 6.12 notion of the, you know, powers in wicked high places, the dark forces trying to bear influence down upon mankind and the urbane colloquial populist expression, you know, they made me do it, or, you know, the occult and their Amityville horror story, which is a true story of, you know, a voice, you know, in the dark telling me to do something, you know, an evil spirit, an Ephelim terrestrial spirit, a demon spirit, you know, and how easy it is for that person to be manipulated if they are not protected under the wing of the Most High Father or in any way trying to live a repentant life and allowing Jesus into their lives to show them their errors and faults or honoring the Holy Spirit and never trying to sin or aggrieve the Holy Spirit in any way. Um, trying to, you know, grow in spiritual awareness and knowledge by eating the bread, the bread being the 66 books, the word of God, and knowing God. And the more you know God, the more it is easy to worship and love God. And tragically, I've come across so many people who almost like a demonic, rabid, distempered dog, fiercely, adamantly condemning uh, God as cruel and sadistic and evil and wicked. And, you know, uh, an, an outright denunciation of the utmost, what I can only see as demonic contempt and ignorance and not knowing and probably hasn't read the 66 books but if if they have read the 66 books they never asked God to open their eyes to read between the lines and most people read the 66 books and take them literally or don't seek guidance or don't knock to ask for deeper understanding in the spirit uh, and probably don't even read the 66 books in the spirit but literally read them in some kind of carnal physical uh, perception of a piece of fiction so they approach the 66 books with an attitude of profanity and therefore the books reveal nothing to them because they're not approaching the books and revering them as sacred to begin with. Now you can use a whole load of fancy words like abjection, degenerate, debauchery, dissolution, rakishness, but at the end of the day, um, reprobate, unprincipled, without law, without prudence to restrain or govern or regulate one's thoughts or beliefs 
or to in any way evaluate what you imagine or desire or long for in your heart and to do acts and deeds impulsively or rashly without any forethought or unknowingly without any you know um, restraint of morality or conscience or shame or you know even consideration of the consequences being rash and distempered and immoderate and excessive and impulsive well simply you can boil it down to the fact that they're not behaving right and they're not behaving good you're either wrong or right bad or good and if you don't even know what you're doing and you think what you're doing is right when it's wrong and you think what you're doing is good when it's bad well then you are just giving way to irrational license and instinctuality and just indulging uh, in your own self-deceit and all well and good for you if that's good by you for many believe that vice is nice and bad makes them glad but ultimately the wages of sin or death no matter how you rationalize it and that's just a little kind of chit chat about you know Romans, the first three chapters where the Spirit of God talks about those against God's will and against their own innate human creative, created by God nature. And it's God who's the great power that can shut down a man's mind and turn him into and give him over to that reprobate state because that's what he chose and that is the unbeliever that is spoken about throughout the 66 books and very much so in the kingdom of darkness for the thousand years when Jesus's kingdom of light is for the last thousand years the last of the seven church ages for god allotted seven thousand years for mankind on the earth and that really is the unbeliever being pounded by you know gigantic hailstones and being burnt by the intense heat of the sun and so forth i mean it literally is the unprincipled, depraved, who is just so physically in love with the physical and, as God says, worshipping the creative rather than the creator and not knowing how to detach from the material covetousness and consumption of, um, you know, pleasure in the, the the you know the physical and never paying attention to the spiritual aspect of the fact that you are a human spirit on the earth with a cursed sin nature being tested by god 
as worthy and you know your relationship to your fellow man and to god is very much key and central and you know it's not about your own narcissistic you know uh, selfishness but to surrender yourself um not to sin but to doing right uh, by the will of god on the earth 